and I want to start this show right now. So, Jakey, 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 why don't you go ahead and kind of now start the show. Go. This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hi, how are you? It's Friday, March 25th, 2022, Dick. It's not 2021 Yeah, anymore. say it right, asshole. Jerks. Anyway, it's Friday. Are you excited? It's Friday. Tomorrow yes. at this time, we'll be awake, getting ready to drive to the mountains. To st- oh, wait, you don't snowboard anymore. I'll work it out. Jake has I'll officially. It out. Jake. Oh, so it's a female vagina thing. I understand. Why didn't you just say that? What the fuck am I supposed to say to that? Well, hey, what man. What am I supposed to say to that? Look, if your cock socket's sleeping Dude, over, I totally stop. get it. What? Why didn't you just say that? Man. What's the matter? I'll figure it out, okay? Okay. There's just, I gotta work out logistics and things. (laughs) Like, just let me handle it. I have to ask permission first. No, I don't. Um, I just, you know, it's, you you know. know. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, man. Like, come on. You guys haven't even said I love you yet that you've admitted, and... You uh, you asking permission no, is that man? I'm not. Hey man, can I'm you take not. the? Uh, uh, you can I'm lead not. the collar on, but can you take the leash off, man? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, we've been on this show for two minutes and it's already awkward. Donnie, please. Awkward. Good morning. Uh, a pleasure to be with you. Uh, we've got a lot to uh, deal with this morning. We've got to talk about this Apple subscription thing. Uh, we've got to talk about the fact that the Kobe's are back baby the kobe bryant foundation and nike 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 the nikes some nikes have come to an agreement that will allow nike to produce kobe's again yeah your dream is alive it is it's alive and well your dream is alive. i want kobe's i want my kobe's i want them even though you know we don't play basketball anymore but no we don't COVID gods uh you know um so we'll talk all about the best shoe because I think there's a lot of people who don't lack knacks. Knacks. And I just don't know what you're doing if you're a shoe guy. So we'll talk about that coming up. Uh, we got to get to this anonymous story that you are so hot to trot to talk about. Yeah. You want to talk anonymous. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's 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 fascinating what goes on with anonymous. I agree. I mean, you have a crazy ass theory that I can't wait to get people's reaction to. Yeah. Like you have, and you're not usually a tinfoil hat, you know. Donnie, you're out of your element. Yeah, you feel like you're a conspiracy theory anti not a guy that believes in conspiracy theories. Yeah, I mean, I just think, I it, mean, you know, when I give you guys the prediction, it just makes too much sense. Infowars.com. Yeah, I mean, I walked you know? into the crib the other day over at Casa de Jake, and he's like listening to the Alex Jones show. Well said. You know, like, okay. Um. Anyway. Wait till you hear Jake's theory on Anonymous. It is it is amazing. Um, good morning, uh, Gene Stream Gamer. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, Steve Hambone, good morning to you. Good morning to everybody here. Um, I guess we have to start with the jazz. Did anybody see my guy book last night? How about Dude. my guy book last night? Dude. How about Devin Booker last night? 
the man, the myth, the legend. Wait, like I'm I mean, the, the greatest player that's ever played in the NBA, Devin Booker, ever. Wow. In like ever, foreverness. <laughs> Um, he wow. dropped 49 on the Nuggies last night. The Nuggies. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> Devin Booker belongs in the MVP conversation. Uh, slurp it up. Slurp it up. The guy dropped 49 on the Nuggets <laughs> last night and brought them back again. Yeah. They're, they're unequivocally, unquestionably, undoubtedly the best team in the NBA. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it's all that close. And I think that the Suns are just a joy to watch play, man. I mean, I, I mean, even if you are a Jazz fan, there's no denying that the Suns are playing great basketball. Oh, man. Seriously, like just straight up, Devin Booker last night. And if you missed it, get on ESPN.com or NBA.com. Or YouTube. A YouTube machine, man. And uh, go check out the highlights of the Suns and the Nuggets last night. But we'll get back to the book in a minute. The Nuggies. Thank you. Chicken tendies yes. and Nuggies. Yes. Um, which reminds me, what are we going to do for a cheat meal this weekend? God. Anyway, the point is, um, the Utah Jazz, who we talk about occasionally on this show, right, uh, are in Charlotte tonight for a Friday night tilt against the Hornets. I might be making too much out of this, and I know that we've had a lot of conversations about the importance of the fourth spot. I think it's pivotal. If the Jazz have any chance to win a playoff series this year, I think they have to have that fourth spot. You know that they're in Dallas on Sunday. You know that. It's a huge game. I think tonight's game against Charlotte is a must win. This is not a night you rest anybody. This is a night that you bring all the boys to the yard. And you just get after it and you do what's got to be done to win this game. And I think that Donovan Mitchell is probably going to have to score probably 30 plus again for them to win. You would hope that Mike Conley plays. I don't, I don't anticipate uh, Boyan Bogdanovich if, if he is available playing anywhere near his capabilities. But, Jake, I, it doesn't matter who plays. I think this is a must win for the Jazz. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, this game, just not even because it's Charlotte, but, like, the timing of it and, and basically how, how it pans out with the schedule, it, it does be kind of feel like a must-win game. And, I, and the reason for that is, you know, with you playing Dallas on Sunday, you know, you, you want to – you can't – you don't have room for error. You don't have room to lose games to teams that you are most likely better than. And I say most likely because you are not far and away better than Charlotte. And that probably shocks some Jazz fans' ears. But, you know, the reality is you're not far and away better than them. They can beat you, you know. And and I think, you know, what I would say about tonight is that is that, yeah, this is a game you should win. But don't be surprised if heading into the fourth quarter you're down five, you know. And you're in one of those moments where it's like, all right, how are we going to react to this? What's this look like? What are we, what are we, what kind of offense are we going to run? Or are we going to, you know, fall right back into the same old thing that we've always done, which is we're not going to run offense. We're just going to kind of play Don and everybody else. And, and that's it. And so that's why I think this game is must win because not only do you need to bounce back and prove to yourself that, that you're a good basketball team. If you're in that locker room, first off, Second off, I think that, you know, with you playing Dallas, you don't you can't afford to lose this game, you know, no. because if you if you plan for the worst and hope for the best, planning for the worst would then be saying, All right, we win tonight, we lose in Dallas. Okay, now we're 
either tied or down a game depending on if Dallas wins tonight, you know? So that's why I say that's why this game is important. Not because it's Charlotte, not because, you know, they're they're, you know, some team that you just have to beat. This is this game is a must win because you can't afford to lose games anymore with where you're at with Dallas. They are right next to you, you're tied, like it's neck and neck. So basically you got to win every game possible. And hope for the best, because that's honestly where this season is at for the Jazz right now. Yeah, and I I, I think that's very well put. I mean, I, I think you you know you're not going to have Daniel House. You know you're not going to have Bogey tonight, and it doesn't matter. I think you have got to anticipate um, that Donovan's going to have a huge night, and this is a game where I would expect Rudy Gobert to really step up. And, you know, the Jazz keep using the term pick your poison between – Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. If you stop Donovan, you can't stop Rudy. And well, show me that. If if we're really going to be in this mindset that Rudy Gobert can be a focal point, a center of the offense, figuratively, he's right, plays right. This, you know, he's the center, but then he's the center, and, and stuff, you put all and the you, stuff together you know and everything. The center of the offense is the center. Uh, anyway, if <laughs> Rudy can be the 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 focal point of the Jazz offense, we've never seen that before. Yeah. And if, if it is a truly a pick-your-poison situation, demonstrate that tonight in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Because we haven't seen that, and I think it is the weight of the world is crushing down on the Utah Jazz right now. And I think Donovan Mitchell continues to take a lot of heat for being whatever you want to call it, a selfish player, whatever you. I don't, I don't see it that way. What other option do the Jazz have? Mm. Because you don't have another guy that's a wanting participant in the offense in crunch time. And when the pick and roll goes away, this team stops moving the ball and it absolutely turns into Don and everybody else. But what you're seeing is, is that Donovan Mitchell is passing the ball as well as we've ever seen him pass the ball. Yeah. And guys just aren't right now capable of knocking down shots. And it's guys like Royce O'Neal to demonstrate where this team has fallen to. Royce O'Neal now becomes a critical figure as a three-point shooter on this team. And you've got to find ways to get Mike Conley open looks. You've got to find ways um, to integrate guys like um, Jared Butler. You've got to find a way to get Trent Forrest playing better, more consistent basketball because you just don't have options off the bench. You've got Jordan Clarkson, and then you have a bunch of question marks because who knows what version of Hassan Whiteside is going to show up tonight? Who knows what you're going to get and who you're going to get it from off the bench? So again, I say... What option is there other than Don and everybody else when the game's on the line? Yeah, I mean, I think that the option is, is you know, if we take away the names and we just look at pure basketball, what are you trying to do? Well, you're trying to get the best look possible, the highest percentage look possible. So there are a couple ways you can go about that based on the players you have. Yeah, a Don one-on-one ISO situation, I guess, is a high percentage look. I mean, it depends what the defense gives him, right? But then secondly, I think that pick and roll with a lob to Rudy uh, is an extremely high percentage look. I think that's the best shot this team can get in terms of whether you're going to make or miss that shot, you know. And then third, I would put the corner three, you know. And, and so when, when the game gets tight and you're, you're in that moment where you're like, all right, we got to have a bucket, we all know what this team's going to do. It's going to be Don and everybody else because that's what they've shown us. But my point is is that I think the next level in, in, in 
you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm disappointed, but what I was kind of hoping for earlier this year and what I was hoping to see this team start to kind of mature into is, okay, yeah, sure, we have injuries, but we got to allow guys to have their opportunities standing wide open in the corner to make a shot. I mean, again, Alexander Walker showed you in small sample size he can make some shots, right? Like Jared Butler has shown you in small sample size he can make some shots. So, cool, bogey's out and not playing, but how about we run a set where we get Mike Conley open in the corner? How about we run a set here or there? Like, that's what that's what I've wanted to see. So, all of that to say, when the game gets tight, we all know what it's going to be. It's going to be Don and everybody else. You I just know hope, what it is. Yeah, like, I just hope that I just hope that for the sake of this team and for the sake of Don uh, and his chances of scoring on that possession, that he uses Rudy because the truth is Rudy is a phenomenal screen setter, even if the screens are illegal 90% of the time. It doesn't matter if they are or not. It matters what's called. So. Which, by the way, I thought was fascinating. In Boston the other night, they started calling those illegal screens on Rudy. Yeah, and they called it last night, too, in the Phoenix game against Jokic, late in the game in a, yes. in a, in a leverage situation. Yes. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's an emphasis on it from the league or, 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 or what, but – but I just think that, yeah, as far as the late game is concerned, you don't want to be, I guess you never want to be, but specifically tonight, you don't want to be going to the fourth, either tied or down to the Charlotte team. That's not a good place to be. No, and I, I think you brought up Mike Conley, which I, I think the one thing we all forget is he's the Jazz best three-point shooter. I mean, he shoots a very high percentage. For what he's not doing in the paint right now, Mike Conley still shoots a very high percentage from three. I would be looking to get him more opportunities in the corner. And I agree with you. I, I, I think that, you know, Don's driving kick game can help guys get open looks because clearly defenses collapse on him. And you're not looking at an elite defense in Charlotte. They're a wanting defense. There's no doubt about that. This Jazz offense should be able to exploit Charlotte. I mean, you saw in, in Boston that's a suffocating, the best defense in the NBA. That's not what Charlotte is. You should have more room to play ball against Charlotte tonight. And I would expect to see better ball movement. I would expect to see, again, and, and what's the right way to say it? I would expect to see more offensive sets. More like, hey, let's run offense. Let's, yeah. hey, whatever you call it. Hey, three, zero, niner. Like, X, Y, Z, banana. You know, two, Y, your mom. Like, yeah. run that play. Run a play. Run high pick and roll. You know, run double screens. Like, again, not to keep going back to the awesomeness of Devin Booker. Yeah. That's my guy. Yeah. I'd hit that. Uh, that anyway, motherfucker don't he, miss, He man. don't miss. Yeah. But did you see that last night against Denver, they have sets to run Book off of multiple screens to get him that, that shot at the top of the key that he so loves? It's offense, dude. They, yes. they actually run off. And this is... See, and this is if we're gonna, and I and I don't wasn't really trying to go down the whole Quinn Snyder route today because we spent so much time God, on it the other don't. day. But yeah. but you know when we're talking about coaching, like I think this is a very valid point, one that I've agreed with and been talking about all season, which is this team doesn't run offense, bro. Like even if even the worst team, because think about it, it does not literally matter whose name is on the back of that jersey on your roster. You can still run offense, yeah. even if they miss the shot. You can still run offense. Your job as a head coach is to put your best players in the best positions to make shots. And that's what separates the Suns from pretty much everybody else this year. No matter who's got the ball, they're running a set to get a guy a nice wide open look. Whether that's Book or Bridges or CP3 running the free throw line last night. Like, 
or DeAndre Ayton making one from three. Like they're getting guys looks that are makeable, that are that are easier for them. And that's what I feel like the Jazz don't do. And that is a coaching issue, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I think the thing that makes the best players in this league, whether it's Tatum, like Jalen Brown was doing it the other night, get in the ball on the wing extended and he will get to the paint. And whether he finishes or kicks, I mean, it is exactly what Boston's trying to do. What is that that the Jazz are trying to do? I mean, usually it is pick and roll, but to what end? But that's a, a, not offense. A lot is well. I when you when you say it's not offense, what do you mean? What like, I you, mean, you don't what like I mean that, is, or no, not that I don't like it. Pick and roll is an offensive strategy, right? It's a it's a hey, we gotta you know we like the switch that we might get, so let's run some pick and roll here. Versus, hey, Don's bringing it up. We're playing a really good defense, the best defensive team in the league in Boston. How about we run a down screen to get some guys open? How about we sure. create some matchups with the bodies we have on the floor? But I think that's what the Jazz use pick and roll to do. I mean, you see the Jazz run pick and roll to get into the paint and kick to the corner for that three. Um, I mean, th it has been Royce. It has been uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker last week. Um when he had like 87 threes in that one quarter. Um, traditionally, it's Boyan Bogdanovich on the wing. I don't know who that guy is right now. I mean, Royce in the corner is not something that I'm running a play to get. But my, my point just is, is, is yes, the, the, the pick and roll, penetrate the paint, kick to the corner, it's not unique to the Jazz. No. Everybody does that. Every NBA team knows how to defend it. Like, that's not anything special. But the problem is, I also think, when you talk about one of the staples of, you know, NBA play right now is stagger screens to get guys like Devin Booker the ball for the mid-range, which is you run, you know, you run Devin Booker down one side of the paint, he goes down the baseline, comes up the other side, and his man's got to run through two or three picks. Yeah. The issue is that is designed to get you mid-range looks, and the Jazz don't play in the mid-range really very often at all. Um, they play it. They play at the rim, or you know, generally they shoot threes. And so I think part of this is is that you don't have a mid range guy. You don't have a guy that dominates in, in you know under the three point line. So I think that's why you see so many turnovers in the paint out of this Jazz team because it's not something that they do well. Yeah. So I think stylistically you see a lot more ISO out of the Jazz because that's what their guys are wanting to do. I mean, I just I – don't, I don't know. I, we, we've, we've been over this and over this. Yeah. The biggest question for me is can you defend Charlotte because that's what's killing you right now. It's not even your offense. You went to Boston the other night and you had no, no answer for Tatum and Brown. I mean, you can pick the guy on Charlotte, whether that's Bridges getting to the rack against you – LaMelo Ball creating, shooting threes. Um, you know, obviously, Terry Rozier is a guy that is red hot. And when he gets going, he stays going. Like, you have all these guys that you don't really have a matchup for in Charlotte. So, it'll be interesting to see exactly how the Jazz choose to defend this club. Yeah. And what they're, what they're able to do to defend this club. Because that's one of the things that I... I I really worry about going forward, whether it's it's Charlotte, Dallas, whoever you want to point to, can the Jazz defend at a, a high enough, consistent enough level to keep themselves in games? Because this is a bad team when they're trailing. Yes, they don't know how to play from behind.
that's, that's a, just not who they are. That's a real concern. And and again, not to keep uh, not to keep pointing to Phoenix, but Minnesota the other night, Denver last night. This team is very good from in Phoenix coming from behind. Yeah, well, they suffocate you defensively. That's yes. how, that's how they're able to come from behind. They're able to create turnovers, make you take bad shots. You know, like they're they're they, and there's so many times, even last night, where. You know, you get into, you know, the offense, whoever the Suns are playing is trying to create these matchups, and the Suns are so good defensively that that you've got, like, literally, last night with Jokic, it was turning into the, the Nuggets were trying to get Jokic on Book on the block, and Book was just running away from that while, literally, simultaneously, while DeAndre Ayton was running to the matchup. That's how good they are defensively, that they can switch like that from the weak side so it's it's difficult to to create matchups against them and that's how they're able to even when they're behind stay calm and just play their game that's the thing and by the way cam johnson's missed his last 11 straight games yeah so you're doing it without one of your more dynamic players on the wing i mean they're just i'm telling you the suns are unbelievable uh hambone says booker's better than i've ever seen him i would agree this is as well as it's i've the best ever, he's ever seen him play. play yeah uh gene stream says booker fireman cody strickland says morning guys i believe you guys didn't read my last comment and how we can blow this roster up i mean i i are you sure cody i i i don't have i don't read the comments as you know when we have people under contract that no one wants and they have zero drafts pick, draft picks. We've covered this repeatedly. Yeah. Most of the Jazz top seven players would be in demand around the league. I think certainly there is a deal out there for Boyan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson. Um, I, I, I mean, they've had deals in place for Rudy uh, that they've talked about. Um, I mean, there, there are guys on this roster. I don't know that Mike Conley has a tremendous amount of value. Um, I mean, they, you can make trades. There's, there's no doubt. Like, I can't remember who it was on Twitter the other night saying the Jazz aren't blowing anything up because nobody will sign here. The narrative that nobody will sign here is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's tired, and the, and the thing is, what no one wants to talk about is it's not up to the player. You're going to make not. trades to improve your roster, and then hopefully, the hope is, is that through some of these trades, you could pick up a pick or two. You know, you could pick up some draft capital to, to help yourself. But yeah, I mean, you're going to lose on trades. Yeah, you, you're to you're going to have to lose on trades. It's that simple. And that's the thing you have to understand it, when it comes to blowing the roster up. It's not going to be a, a a comfortable, easy process or I mean, a or a one year quick yeah, turnaround. You know, I mean, this is probably a two season rebuild at least. I think what you're seeing is this summer, this team will be dramatically changed. Yeah. Next year will be kind of a transition year. And then I think a year from now, you're looking at a team that that is going to be in position to to spend in free agency and be much more available to leverage trades because you need an offseason to unload your guys. You need to freshen up the wings for sure. You've got to get younger. Um, and again, I'm not saying Royce O'Neal's old because he's not. But he's just not good enough. He's a bench player on yeah. just about every team in this league. Um, and he is a fringe bench player. Um, I look at guys like Hassan Whiteside. I look at guys like Rudy Gay. I look at Mike Conley. Those are all guys that you know who they are. You know what their top end is. Yep. And their top end's not good enough to win championships anymore. Um, they're, they're pieces. They're finishing pieces. A guy like a Boyan Bogdanovich is a finishing piece. On a team that's really close. Boston. A Boston. A 
He is a guy that has a very limited offensive game, and he's not particularly a good defender because he doesn't move left to right well. Yeah. Having said that, you can move him. You can make deals. It's Russell Westbrook and John Wall. Those are guys that have put their franchises in terrible positions. John Wall's got a massive contract that the Rockets are eating right now. The Rockets were able to unload him to the to the Lakers if the Lakers had said yes. And Russell Westbrook is an abject failure for the Lakers who could have unloaded him to the Rockets but chose not to. Yeah. You can make trades. You can move guys. And we've talked about this repeatedly. Yeah. But you're going to lose. Yeah, and you have to be comfortable with that concept as a Jazz yeah. fan. Uh, Tyler Hopkins, good morning to you. Devin Booker is a special player. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins the MVP. I don't think he's in position this year to win the MVP. I, I think there's I think there's too much, you know, feel-good humanity stories around Giannis. Yeah, who, casual. Who I think is going to win it. Again. Um, And I think that Joel Embiid is uh, – Hell, I mean, if the Lakers do anything, LeBron James has to be the MVP of the league, right? I mean, the guy, the numbers the guy is putting up is ridiculous. Yeah. But, I mean, there's too many other good stories around the league, I think, for Book to win it. And he, his candidacy is far too late. Far too late. Agreed. Um, Pinkman says, if Jordan Clarkson would be efficient and be able to score 20-plus, it's a win for us. Yeah, we'll see. But efficient and Jordan Clarkson also don't go often don't go, go together. They really don't. Hambone says we really need Bogey. He's out tonight. Rudy Sanchez says morning, fellas. What's up, Rudy? Good to yeah, see hello. you, bud. JJ Marsh says good morning. I always thought the Jazz should have drafted Booker. Don't, don't. JJ, please, please, don't take us there. Don't, don't, don't bring controversy here. Good morning to Dario George. What's up, Greg Hawkins, my man? What's up with you? Um, you know, I, you know, yeah. Tyler Hopkins says, if the Jazz lose this game to the Hornets tonight, the game against Dallas will look even bigger. I think the game against Dallas is massive. Yeah. If you go into that game trailing Dallas, I don't have high hopes for that game on, on Sunday. If you're behind them in the standings, it's rough. I don't have high hopes. You need to be t tied or ahead. So we'll see what happens. I I, I don't know. Uh, Pinkman says, JC is good on the paint. On the paint, he's not, though. I like Jordan when he gets to the rim. The problem is a lot of times he tries to dribble into the paint and then doesn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. And so he winds up turning the ball and over. And that's that mid-range that we talk about. That 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 exact play, that is the true definition of the mid-range. That stuff where he drives to the baseline and has that nice little that nice little push floater, you know, little yeah. little push out there. That's at the rim play. That's not considered the mid-range. The mid-range is, I would say, anything inside the arc to probably two feet after the free throw line. You yeah. Know? Like, that's yes. that's what you're looking at for the mid-range. Anything, you know, like if you think of the restricted area line, the little arc under the hoop, the restricted area arc, you know, I would say if you push out two feet, that's probably the the max for playing at I the mean, rim. Mid-range to me is free throw line extended, um, you know, uh, the block extended out like that's where you that's where you need to be able to hit jumpers that the Chris Paul Devin Booker free throw line jumper is lethal yeah. I mean it is absolutely and lethal. how about Chris Paul coming back last night as if he had never missed a game like just I mean I know the guy's a professional and I give him all the credit in the world but I mean it's just ridiculous <laughs> what the guy's able to do and so much for a, a minutes restriction I mean they played him deep yeah. into that game yeah he had I mean and that's see but that's again 
that's the beauty of what the Suns have. And, and this is something that I think is really fascinating to watch for every NBA team, whether it's the Jazz, the Suns, whoever it may be. Like, the depth that comes off the bench is so superior in Phoenix when I look across the league. I can't think of another team who's got just all these guys coming off the bench that do something. It may not be a big contribution, but I look at, like, campaign. You know, not a huge contribution. Energy guy, give you, like, 8 to 10 points, and then see you later. That's all he's got to do. <laughs> like, like Bismack Biombo. Who the hell thought that Bismack Biombo was going to contribute for the Phoenix Suns? Well, look look what JaVale McGee does for that team. Yeah, JaVale McGee, I mean, another guy. You can like, play JaVale McGee for five, seven minutes at a stretch, and you can play Bismack for five, seven but minutes. But listen to the, the names. This That's what gets me. You're talking about JaVale, like a light, like a, a lifetime bench guy, basically, in JaVale McGee, who's won championships and been around good teams and is just one of those guys, and the Suns just have him for like five to ten minutes a night. Yeah. And he just comes in and has that energy, and he'll posterize you once in a while, and it just is crazy to me. Like, that's what really stood out to me. Not that, you know, outside of book and the 49 points and, and that sensational performance, like, like what stood out to me is just like, man, no matter who's on the floor, these guys are all contributing and playing good basketball. When do we ever see that? Well, and the the hard part for a lot of people to digest is that Monty Williams is a really good coach. I mean, yeah, hell yeah, he, is. he was unemployed for a long time. He was an assistant for a long time. A lot of teams had opportunities to hire him in past, and I think he is. James Jones is looking real good right now. Yeah, he has shown you that he is a really high high caliber coach and. Yeah. I think what you're getting out of guys that were largely left for dead. Landry Shamet. I mean, and short spurts. This And I think one of the arts in the NBA is not overexposing guys. Yes. And Landry Shamet's a perfect example. JaVale McGee. Um, what the, how the Lakers use Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard has been a nothing. The other night they really needed him to step up and he let him in scoring. I mean... They really what your best coaches, and this is why I say about the Lakers firing Frank Vogel. This is not Frank Vogel's fault. Yeah, what's going on in L.A. Frank Vogel's not the problem with that team. Yeah, and I I think that you're seeing quality coaching in some of the best and worst situations in the league. I mean, Mike Malone, because screw you, I'm not calling you Michael. My name is Michael. <laughs> Mike Michael Malone told a reporter who said Mike. He goes, it's Michael. Like, okay, Michael. Um, I think he uses Jokic in some very odd rotations and in some very odd minute stretches. Yeah. And I think that it's interesting. Teams win and lose for not com complicated reasons. Yeah. The Jazz are losing because their roster is stale and they're unathletic. It has nothing to do with their coach, in my opinion. The Suns are winning because they're young, dynamic. They've drafted well. They signed free agents well. And they're really well coached. I it's hope not, they pay DeAndre Ayton, dude. I hope they do. I really I, like what he brings. Look, I like DeAndre as a player. Defensively, the guy is a liability. And, and I, I continue to maintain that if you're a great offensive center, you can play in this league. But you've got to be serviceable as a big defensively. Yeah, I mean, Rudy Gobert, look at Rudy. He's got almost no offense. Yet he is elite. He is a, an incredible defender, and he plays, and he's p one of the highest paid players in the league. I think DeAndre has improved defensively. Now he's not; he's still not very good, right? I mean, he's never going to be, 
you know, the his best defensive guy in the awareness league, is bad. Yeah, I mean his 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 ability to so pick and roll situation. He's the big on defense. His ability to play both guys and understand the space is not good. But if you put him on Jokic last night and and you tell him, hey, don't foul, but try to be physical with him. I thought he did a good job of that last night. I mean, they were literally talking about how he's he's basically fouling Jokic without getting the whistle. And that and that's the art of it, you know? And so I think he's improved in these small areas enough to where it's not like, oh man, like DeAndre is just gonna get beat like a drum. But there are a lot of times where you're watching the Suns and you're like, dude, like how did you how like how are you playing the pick and roll that bad? So it's kind of this this give and take with DeAndre. But again, then you have the offensive side where he can knock down a three, he can knock down a jumper, he's got a back to the basket game, he can play pick and roll, like he can do all this stuff for you offensively that makes the difference for you and helps you win games. So I, that's a, to me, Bro. if I was the Suns, I don't know that I'd give him a five-year super max or anything, but I would definitely be trying to sign him to a multi-year deal. They got 38 minutes out of Mikhail Bridges last night. He gave him almost nothing other than 22 points. He's got a deal. Three of four uh, from three. Made all of his free throws. That's the other thing that the Suns just cripple you with. Their guys make their free throws. And so my point with the Suns is just, you know, when you look at the Suns, if you're a Jazz fan watching the Suns game, this is what you should aspire your Jazz team to be yeah. after the the rebuild or if you want to call it a retool happens. That's what we're, you should be shooting for, honestly. And I, I think this is why you go back to the Dante Exums, the – yeah. I mean, yeah. the absolute misses in the draft. That's what cripples Cancer, you. you know, I mean, whoever you want to point to. The the absolute misses in the draft are what really hurt you because you just, you missed on so much talent ahead of you. Yeah. It just kills you. All right, a couple more uh, on uh, the Jazz. Christopher Cole, what's up with you? He says, Conley and Gay have to be traded for a young gun power forward. You'd love a young gun power forward. Mitchell Harding. Mitchell well, effing hello, Harding. Hello, sir. Good day, fellas. Finally got to tune in live again. Mitchell, good to see you, man. Rudy Sanchez says the Jazz can play defense. They just choose not to. Look at the last five minutes of the Nets game when they decided to play defense a little too late. Well, yeah, and I mean, they really competed hard to the end of that Nets game the other night. And that was, by the way, at home without Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And, yeah, I agree with you. There was a There was a... I don't know what happened in Boston. And that's why it's so terrifying if you're a Jazz fan. Like, this Jazz team rolled into the garden. The garden. With the idea that they were going to get shellacked. Like, they showed it up ready like to it. lose. Yeah. And they went to, to Brooklyn ready to compete and fight for their lives. They went to Boston ready to lay down and and really just give that game away. Yeah. And it's shocking that that would happen. Because you're in a position now, because of the way you showed up in, in Boston – where there's a real good chance you're going to lose four in a row. Yeah. This game in Charlotte tonight is critical because you cannot lose four in a row when you're trying to hang on to the fourth. You you just – you you cannot do that. Uh, Edgar Garcia says, if Quinn went to L.A., do you think his coaching style would change? Offensive scheme, not playing rookies? Well, the Lakers – and for the record, I don't believe he's going to L.A. I think that is a very, very far-fetched idea. But Quinn Snyder in L.A. wouldn't play rookies because – they really don't have rookies. If you look at guys like Talon Horton Tucker or Austin Reeves, those guys are playing out of necessity. 
you look at who the Lakers have, it's the Kendrick Nuns, obviously LeBron, whatever. It's the Kendrick Nuns of the world. It's the Avery Bradleys. It's, right. you know, Carmelo Anthony. It's They don't have rookies on that team. What they're missing, the thing that's odd about the Lakers is they've just fallen apart defensively. This was an elite defensive team last year. And they have guys who should be able to defend. Yeah. And they're awful defensively. I mean, they are terrible defensively. Yeah. Terrible. So I do think he would be a good hire for them. There's no question about that. I mean, he's an act. I'm telling you again, Quinn Snyder's an excellent head coach. Yeah. And I know a lot of, a lot of fans here don't like him. He's an excellent head coach. Um, James Knight says, I challenge you guys to get through one show without hating on Rudy. How have we hated on Rudy at all? Like, yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, I'm not sure Giannis is is, is a good defender, question mark. What are you talking about? Did, see, this did is, you see, say this that? This is what I mean. See, I, and, and, and I don't know if you're – like sometimes when you say stuff, I, I question whether you're being serious or you're joking. Giannis is one of the best defenders in the league, man. Yeah. Like it's not even a convert like, – like even if you hate the Bucks, and I'm no Bucks supporter, you have to give the guy credit. I you mean, have to he, respect his like, game. And that's why I say like I just said – that one of the I think I said earlier that today, if I'm not mistaken, that that one of the best offensive looks the Jazz can get in critical situations that they just go away from is pick and roll to get Rudy a lob. Like that's one of their best sets that they can run as a team to get instant offense. When they like when you're in that situation where you have to have a bucket, it, and the defense knows because this is the thing that no one talks about. The defense knows that Donovan Mitchell is going to have the ball. The defense knows that it's Don and everybody else. You think they're not watching tape? You you think that they don't know that? So Well, that's what separates the good from the great. I mean, again, Devin Booker, the defense knew last night. The Nuggets knew he was getting the ball. Yeah. He scored 49 points. Yeah. You have to get to a point, and I agree with you on the lob. Rudy Gobert, you just throw it higher than the other guy can jump, and Rudy's yeah. going to flush it. Like, that should be a thing tonight. They Charlotte does not have a big that can really hang with them. I mean, they have Plumlee, but, like, Rudy really should be able to handle Plumlee. Yes. You know, like, that really shouldn't even be a contest, honestly. Like, the only thing that Plumlee is going to give him trouble on is just simply rebounding. But Rudy is... It, one of the best, if not the best, rebounder in the league. So The thing that worries me in this game tonight is they're going to go small because that's who Charlotte is. Charlotte yeah. is not a big team. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, let's see. Cody Strickland, I wasn't trying to frustrate you. Me personally, I find no true value for Conley, Royce, or Rudy. So you don't think that Mike Conley or Rudy Gobert has value around the league? I mean, I think those guys have value, dude. Yeah, I mean, if you are... Well, Mike Conley fits into just about every contender in the East. I mean, the Chicago Bulls would love to have Mike Conley. Yeah. Um, the the Bucks don't need him. They have Drew Holiday. Uh, I look at Philadelphia. I don't know that Philadelphia would need him because James Harden's such a black hole. Um, but you you look at teams around the Western Conference. I mean, right now, are you telling me that the Golden State Warriors wouldn't la like to have Mike Conley? Mm -hmm. Are you telling me that the Lakers the Lakers wouldn't love to have Mike Conley? Yeah which is where everybody said he was going if he didn't come back to the Jazz. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I don't know. I can't think of a contender in the West that wouldn't like to have Mike Conley. I mean, yeah. Uh, Mike Conley's a huge upgrade over Cameron Payne. The Nuggets? You think the Nuggets would want to have Mike Conley? The Denver Nuggets? Dude, the Nuggets would love to have Mike Conley. The Dallas Mavericks? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, are, it, I, I, you're crazy. He has he, he would have 
I'm not saying he would have, you know, all-star starter, 20 million a year value, but there are teams that would trade for Mike Conley. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And I'm telling you now, there are teams that would trade for Rudy Gobert, but the problem is teams around the NBA know that Rudy Gobert's contract is an albatross. Yeah. And you're going to have to pay them for them to take that albatross. Yeah. You're going, I, my, my guess is that, that Rudy, Rudy winds up in a Washington, Toronto type situation. Yeah. Because you've got the other thing that you got to remember is that's a three team trade. If you trade Rudy Gobert, that's a three team trade. He's making $41 million a year and he's in the first year of that deal. I mean, his contract is heavy, heavy dude, heavy, cumbersome, heavy. Um, uh, let's see. Trades for our players cause. Let's see. If he was twenty-seven to thirty-one million, uh, a contract, but not forty-one. So I don't see any good trades for our players because they're either washed or just a bad pick. They're not though. They're not okay. You can't be. See, this is yeah. the problem. So here's the thing. You can't be when you say somebody's washed. That's you projecting your emotion into the situation. Yes. That's you saying. Oh, well, he didn't play well here, so he's washed. That's a bit dramatic. With all with all due respect, I'm not trying to be mean or hate, but that's what's happening there. Mike Conley is not washed. He's had a rough season from the floater. He's had a nice season from three. You know, I, I look at, at at Rudy. Rudy is Rudy is is valuable to a certain degree in the league. The problem is the contract, but it is tradable. You just have you have to build a three team trade. That benefits everybody, and you're going to have to eat some of that contract. And but, you're going to have to give up future draft capital to do it, which is really, I mean, it's crippling It's a ball breaker, but what are you going to do? I mean, again, I, I've said this repeatedly. Like, I think the Gobert trade, getting that contract off your books as much as possible, is literally the starting line to getting to where you want to go. That is the first thing that has to happen for this team. Because think about it. If you trade Rudy... What does that really signal to to the fan base, to the media, the public, even the league? Yeah. You're signaling, hey, we know that this duo wasn't good enough. We're starting over, basically. We're, we're, we're reinventing the wheel here and getting a, a product on the floor that can actually compete at the top of the league. Because whether you want to say this or not, and you've said it repeatedly, this team is an average team right now. They are a mid-table team. That's who they are, and that's not hating to say that. So that Rudy trade is 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 the first step in the right direction, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I think Rudy's – it's a challenge to trade him. You're going to lose on that deal. Cody said, you should have finished my comment about Rudy. We did. Man, why are you – You're. is there something in the water Friday? I, I don't know. JJ you know Mars. You know what it is? What? We haven't done a Friday show. In a minute. Two weeks. Yeah. The last so, two Fridays so people, we've been on. That must be what it is. Cody's just salty that we didn't do a show the last two Fridays. So, you know, he's getting his anger out. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. J.J. Mars says, what does run offense really mean? The Jazz have the number one offense in the league most of the year. See, that's a fluke, though. <laughs> Thank See, you. See, I love this. Hey, they've got the number one offense in the league. What does that mean in crunch time? If they had the number one offense in the league, what happened in Boston? If they had the number one offense in the league, what happened in Brooklyn? You may have the number one offense in the league on paper. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, you're an average-ass offense on the floor when you look at these matchups. And the reason for that is because they don't run offense. So to answer your question, what does running offense really look like? Okay, I can tell you right now, 
running offense is not running pick and roll. Pick and roll is just a – I can run pick and roll at LA Fitness, dude. Like, pick and roll is nothing special. It's not hard to defend. It's – it's it, frankly, to the guy who said that Giannis isn't a good defender, look no further than the NBA Finals last year when the Suns ran pick and roll. He covered Book and then got back to block DeAndre Ayton, and that ended up sealing a championship for them, right? So my point is, is pick and roll is easily defended in this league nine nights out of ten. What's not easily defended is pick and roll, pass to your big who kicks to the corner, swing the ball all the way around to get back to a wide open guy in the corner. That's and I actually, do. I actually think the best offense in the NBA right now is the Phoenix Suns. And why is that? Well, because their shot goes in. They make a lot of shots. I mean, I think they're number two in offensive rating. I mean, offensive ratings right now in the NBA, the Jazz are number one at 116.1. The Suns are number two at 115. Atlanta's number three, Memphis is four, Milwaukee's five. Like, what is that? What does that stat mean when you're talking about? Oh, they have the highest rated offense in the NBA. Okay, cool. But what does that really mean? Yeah, they they become very easy to defend. Whereas teams like the Suns, teams like Memphis, for instance, becomes more difficult to defend. Yeah, because they have an array of guys who can beat you. And by the way, did anybody see John Morant's out to the next two weeks with knee soreness? Yeah, I mean, you're just resting him for the playoffs at this point. Yeah, that's something to watch, though, because they're a much less dynamic team without him. They're still very good. Um, but watch that. By the way, the uh, Hornets have the ninth best offense in the NBA at 112. So, the you, problem so is they give I mean? up the, the one of the most points. Like, do you see what I mean? 112. Like, the so how many points do the Jazz give up? 109. So... On paper, Jazz fans are going to say, well, we score 116 and we give up 109. Okay, great. That means you're the fifth seed this year. You're the fourth seed this year, right? Yeah. And when you play a team like Charlotte, they're scoring 112 points a game. So you really think that 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 hanging on, being the best team and best offensive team in the league is going to save you? Well, it's not. And, and again, I want to keep saying, I'm not trying to hate, but I, I really am at the end of my rope with the media in this town and the fan base just living in the stat world. Because the stat world is a complete house of cards, right? Because because you take one guy off the floor and now you're not scoring 116 points a game, you're scoring 105, right? You 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 when's the last time the Jazz had a fully healthy roster? When's the last time that, that this the core group was t together for more than like 5 games at a time? And by the way, one of the stats that I think is very telling is assist to turnover ratio. How many assists do you have per turnover? The Jazz are 29th in the NBA at 1.57 assists for every turnover. 29th in the NBA. To me, I, I look at that number and I say, my God, that is not a good number. I look at, um, you know, like offensive rebound percentage. You know, they're like the Memphis Grizzlies are number one. The Jazz are fifth. Um, you know, I, I, I look at, you know, turnover percentage. And again, the Jazz are one of the worst teams in the NBA, 23rd in turnover percentage. Like the issues that you can have your offensive rating, I'm good with that. In a generation and on a team where you shoot as many threes as they shoot, they're always going to score a lot of points, which is what offensive rating is. Yeah. They're always going to score a lot of points. Knock yourself out. Can you stop guys? And can you move the basketball and create offense? And the Jazz aren't good at doing that. Mm -hmm. So 
to me, the offensive, hey, the, the number one rated offense in the league, it just doesn't mean that much. Stats, the problem with stats are, is that in a lot of sports, the only sport where they really truly define or matter a lot, I think, is baseball. Mm -hmm. I look at the offensive ratings and offensive efficiency and all. In the NBA, it just doesn't mean a lot. The The smaller assist to turnover ratio stats are much more telling. Yeah. You know, like rebounding statistics, like all those things matter a hell of a lot more than offensive rating. Yeah. It just, it's one of those stats that I just don't think. Doesn't hold a lot of water. It really doesn't. And in the, the, the hardest, the hardest thing is you start understanding that they only have, they only have nine games left. That's it. Yeah. Nine games. And you're fighting for the fifth spot to stay out of the fifth spot. So that it just don't fall in love with stats. I guess I don't mean to belabor the point. Don't fall in love with stats. Um, let's see. James Knight said, oh, so Booker is great now. He's been great for three years. Yeah. See, um, again, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're you want to paint us into a picture of a show that hates on Rudy and says that books the best when we don't hate on Rudy and book is the best. Right. What what the truth is, is book has been getting better for the last two or three seasons. And he's finally taking that next step into what I would say now is superstardom. Now you can say, okay, this guy is a killer on the level of the best in the league. And he's showing that night in and, and night out. And he wants it. He's yeah. hungry for it. Yeah. This And this is the Jason Tatum conversation we had on Tuesday going into that game or yeah. Wednesday going into that game. Yeah. Jason Tatum has taken a massive step forward. But he's also got a bunch of dudes around him that have, have grown and are capable. And the point is, is with Rudy, like, it's not that we're hating on Rudy. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean that we're hating. Like Facts the, are the, facts. The, and, James, this is what we said about about Chipotle. You know, he blew his ACL out. And I love Joe Ingles, and he was a great jazz man. Blew his ACL out. That wasn't nearly the biggest problem for Joe. Joe's, Joe's performance was declining. Yeah. And his usage rate was far too high the last two years. Yeah. But you you look around the league. Who are the guys who have taken huge jumps forward? Tatum, Booker. Ja. Ja Morant, Donovan Mitchell. But what's the difference? Ja Morant is a great example. Ja Morant's taken a huge step forward, but so have all the guys around him. Yeah. Devin Booker's taken a huge step forward, but so have all the young guys around him. You look at you look at any of these guys, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown's taken a huge step forward. So is Jason Tatum, right? The problem is Don's taken a huge step forward. Rudy is not. Don Don's taken a huge step forward. Bogey and Royce have not. Mike Conley. Mike Conley has regressed. Donovan Mitchell is a far better three-point shooter today than he was a year ago today. His range is exponentially further. His basketball IQ is much higher this year than it was last year. His understanding of how to win is much higher. But the problem is everybody calls Donovan Mitchell selfish, but what happens when he kicks the basketball? Right now, nothing good. A lot of times it goes for not. Yeah. And there's only so many times you can see that and not get frustrated with it. Donovan Mitchell is growing and taking steps forward. And the guys around him are not capable of that. They're at their ceiling. I think Rudy Gobert is at his offensive ceiling. Yeah. I don't think you can ask this guy to, to grow offensively. He's grown defensively. There's no doubt about that, but he hasn't grown offensively. So it, you, it, you can say we're hating, but we're not like, it's just the reality of the situation. dude. Yeah. Uh, so. Leonard Donnan and end of love. What's up? 
you. Love you. Says, morning, guys. Love the show. We back. Yo. Uh, Tanner says, morning, guys. What's up, Tanner? Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Um, hey, where's, where the hell is Jeremy Bolton? I don't know. There's Jeremy Bolton. My guy. <laughs> I'm I want my boy in the comments. Hey, guys. On cue. He says, morning. What's up? What is up with it? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, that was great. Um, that was great. What do you like about the NBA right now? Like what? Because I think the NBA is wildly entertaining. Watching that 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 Suns game last night, I stayed up late to watch that Suns game last yeah, night. Yeah, getting up this morning was a joke. Between two Western Conference heavyweights, and you're watching them go blow for blow. That was it's playoff fun basketball. basketball. Man, it's playoff basketball. It really was. That was that was a fun fun game I mean, to watch I, last I, night. I think the other things I like in the league right now are. You know, who doesn't like when the Lakers are bad, right? I mean, I, it's an, it's enjoyable to watch them struggle, but but at the same time, like, you know, I'll be really curious to see what the what the the comeback looks like, you know? I mean, I, I think the conversation, this is for a different day, but I think the conversation around how long LeBron James is going to wear a Laker jersey is really fascinating, you know? Yeah. What, is that, what does that look like? Where does he finish his career? Like, you know, I know when he went to L.A., it was, hey, I'm going to finish here, but – but the fact is, is I know he's going to do anything it takes to play with Bronny, so that'll be really curious. I who's think... who's the dead last team in the Western Conference? The tenth spot in the Western Conference is currently occupied by yeah the Lakers, the L.A. Lakers. Yeah, and it's a game and a half. Isn't and it? it it no, they're tied. New but New Orleans has the the uh, tiebreaker. They beat the Bulls last night, who are just skydiving. I mean, nose yeah, diving through the ground. They ran out of gas, dude. Ran out of gas. I mean, the Bulls are in the fifth spot now. They were number one. They're five out, 42 and 31. Uh, but you look at the West. You know what I like about the West? We get Dallas at Minnesota tonight. Yeah. Huge game. The West has just gotten better. I mean, there's no other way around it. Like, uh, the fact that Minnesota is a good team now is is crazy, you know? And everyone's going to say, oh, well, they're the, what are they, the seventh seed or whatever the hell they are? I mean, yeah. You know, oh, they're this low seed. Well, I got news for you. They've been a damn good team since the All-Star break, and they will happily beat you. Yeah. I think it's going to be – it's going to be – I mean, if if the playoffs started today, the playoffs started today, the Jazz would be in the four, Dallas would be in the five. It would be Golden State-Denver. I mean, the, the play-in tournament would be New Orleans and the Lakers, Minnesota and the Clippers. In the in the seven eight, mm. w- which I think is, mm. ooh, Vettel will not race in Saudi Arabia Sunday. Yeah. Uh, oh, how about that? The Bears signed another shitty quarterback, Trevor Simeon. He's reaches, just a hack. Reaches a two year deal with the Bears. Neat. That's thank, really thank great. God. Can we get saved. the Arlington Park jerseys out yet? Shut up. Um, how about Boston versus Chicago in round one of the playoffs right now? Great matchup. I mean, that's what I love about the NBA. Yeah. That's why I'm so passionate about the NBA. It'll just be interesting to see um, how all of this plays out. You know, like I, I think one of the more interesting things that you guys do on this show every day is you hit subscribe and try to win a PlayStation 5. So if it, what? <laughs> what? It seems like That's there's a problem. Interesting, that. man. That is interesting, man. <laughs> you should you should hit subscribe. Just smooth with it. <laughs> do you like the way I did that? Yeah, that was, that was really, uh, you know, that was really good, you know? Yeah. Are you guys going to talk LeBron's crappy shoe or not? Mike wants to know. Yeah, we can do shoes right now. Yeah. Um, 
you know, uh, so hit subscribe. Please, if you're here, give us a thumbs up. Oh, by the way, I want to announce the winner of the T-shirt from yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, hey. by the way, got Jeremy's shirt sent out yesterday morning. So, Stop. you know, screw you're, you guys. Don't be a liar. Why don't are you lying? Don't be a liar. You're lying Don't right be now. an idiot. Uh, you know, right I couldn't. Now. You know why? It's the fucking Vernal Equinox. That's why. Okay. Congratulations to Ray Raphael, one of our loyal listeners who uh, shot us a picture of a TV. Let's go. He won't let me mail it to him. He wants to meet in person. I want my meeting. So uh, Ray, we'll Wait, is he obviously he's here in the state? Yeah, we'll see. He's a West Jordan guy. We'll see you oh, this okay, weekend. Yeah, we'll see you. Um, so thanks for listening to the show. We're we're gonna give away. I want it. Um, you know we're we're pretty low on shirts right now. We have a a a, a decent amount of sizes though. So if you want to buy your a casual shirt, we also reordered our previous shirt, the original Monty Show shirt, because a lot of people wanted the original shirt. By we have popular demand. Uh, we generally have size small through 3X, I think. Um, so please make sure that you uh, DM Jake, SLC Supercars, SLC Supercars, 25 bucks, get you a shirt. And by the way, if you buy a shirt, you get entered five chances to win the PS5. For every, every shirt one. you buy. Every shirt you buy gets you five extra chances uh, to win the PS5. So that's coming up at 5,000. Yeah, let's talk shoes because yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. So in the comments, are you a shoe guy? Are you a shoe guy? Yeah. Um, James Knight says, you watch the Suns. I'll watch Pornhub. Nah, I'm good. Okay. Uh, okay. Cool. Okay. Neat. Let's you talk know. about shoes. Uh, <laughs> uh, are you a shoe guy? I am a huge shoe guy, as you can see. Uh, we probably need to rotate the shoes on the wall right now. That UNC six ain't going anywhere. No, I love that, that shoe. That shoe is fire. Love that shoe. Um, I have, we calculated it. I have over $25,000 in Kobe's and Jordan's. Yeah, that's bad. $25,000 plus in Kobe's and Jordan's. And one of the reasons I have not ever worn the Kobe's that I have, I have the Grinch Kobe. Yes. Is because they stopped making and selling Kobe's shoe. Until they didn't. They announced yesterday um, Vanessa Bryant, the widow of Kobe Bryant, yeah, announced yesterday that she, through the Kobe Bryant Foundation, has reached an agreement with Nike, Nike, Nike. to continue to produce Kobe's shoe. Yeah! Which is, by the way, speaking of my man, Devin Booker. Hey, mm -hmm. hey baby. Hey. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of Devin Booker, what shoe does he wear? He Kobe's. wears the Kobe. He wears actually several models of the Kobe, too. Yes, and the Kobe is the most popular player shoe in the NBA. So I am ecstatic that yeah. we have Kobe's coming back to the market. Yes. 100% of the uh, profit um, for the Kobe Bryant side will go to the Kobe Bryant Foundation, uh, which is a huge win for Vanessa in the, because yes. she's really trying to grow that foundation uh, in Gianna and Kobe's name. So the good news is we get shoes, the foundation profits, and all is right in the world. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, it was it was great to see. Um, you know, the, the day, what was it, about a year ago, I think it was, that – that it came out that that partnership was ending was a very sad day. Yeah, I that mean, was that hard was, to deal with. That was hard to take. And I think that, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know how many people we got commenting about shoes, but I love shoes, man. I got, I, we're at a point with shoes where we wear certain shoes to close at closing sales, man. And, and when Air Max you, 90s. when you stop closing, it's time to change shoes, you know? So, I mean, it's a, it's a lifestyle for sure. Now I'll tell you this. I am a shoe guy. I'm yeah. 49 years old and I am a shoe guy. I collect shoes. 
And right now, the hardest part is that we're trying to open this business. And we are, I mean, just, it's, it's right, it's like right there. It's almost like that foul smelling fish that yeah. wafts into your nostrils and you can almost taste it. Okay. I'm not sure where that came from, but okay. Yes. Anyway, we're so close on the business, mm-hmm. but, um, we've stopped buying shoes now. I've stopped buying shoes. Me too. It's been six weeks since yeah, I bought a shoe. Yeah. Yeah. And there have been some good shoes released. But I will, when they release another Kobe, I will buy that shoe. I will come out of shoe retirement. Yes. And buy that shoe. Yes. Because that's a shoe that I am not. You're a Jordan 3 guy. That's your, that's kind of your. I am a, my favorite Jordan is the Jordan 3. Um, I, obviously I have a ton of Jordan 1 and Jordan 1 lows. Yeah. Um, but I love the, the Jordan 3. I really like the, the Jordan 6. Um, the Jordan nine used to be my favorite shoe, but I don't think there's any doubt now the Jordan three is my favorite shoe. Um, but I am 100% a Nike guy. I am not at all an Adidas guy, even though Adidas, uh, even though one of my favorite shoes to play in is James Harden's volume two, which is a, a great basketball shoe, but I do not wear adidas almost at all you bought me a pair of ultra boost ultra boost I that one, i wear i have one pair of ultra boost that i use for you know walking or i don't use it as a lifestyle shoe i basically just take it out and wear it when you know i'm going for a longer walk or you know whatever the case may be you know when i just need a a, a, a an all-purpose shoe let's say or whatever but you know my yeah i'm a i'm a nike guy too i play basketball uh, when we an, played you're basketball. a kd guy um yes and no I mean, I think that Katie's shoe has regressed on some level. I don't love this. I have a pair of his his current regressed. shoe, but I I Nike's done well when because they released the uh the GT line. So I have the GT Cut Low, uh, which is a great basketball shoe. But that shoe is essentially Kobe technology just repackaged because they couldn't sell Kobe's. So th- I love that shoe. That's a great shoe. And you see a lot of guys in the league wearing it too. Yeah. And I, I think the, the KD five was the best shoe. Yeah. The rock, there's a rocker in that shoe, but I'm a Jordan guy. I agree with you. Um, the Jordan as a casual, I'm a Jordan guy. Yeah. I have never been a LeBron guy as a casual wear shoe. Yeah, casual. But I got to tell you, man, his shoe for basketball playing, especially for fat asses like me. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm sorry. For big guys like me. Fat. The LeBron basketball shoe is actually not bad, and he's had some good ones. The LeBron ten—that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, was was I the watermelon LeBron ten was amazing. Full foot Air Max. I mean, just oh get yeah, some. the LeBron ten low was amazing. Um, but there's not many other shoes that I like. Like I like some. I like Vans. Um, as a casual, I like Vans quite a bit. Although I can't. There's a shoe called a Vans Chima that I cannot get because I have such a ginormous cock. I mean, foot. Uh, I wear a size 15 shoe. Three-fourths of this is inaccurate. Uh, anyway, the, <laughs> the point is I wear a size 15 shoe, which, you, as we all agree as men, means you wear big socks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it – it so I can't get the Vans Chima in the sizes Yeah, the Chima like. Ferguson Pro. Yep. It's a good shoe. Um, it is. But I like Vans quite a bit. Um Jays are where it's at, though. I mean, honestly, like, I, and, and I always give you a bunch of crap about the fact that you don't wear most of your Jordans. So you've been trying to wear more of them, which I which I love to see. 
But you got to get into, you know, you got to get into the 13s, bro. You got to get into the 13s. You got to get into, you got to wear your fives more. I love fives. You know, like, you got to get into those. Anyway, Tanner's being a jerk. Here we go. Tanner, how's your freaking Xbox, bud? He says, six weeks since you bought shoes, Monty. Dude, how are you still alive? Hey, guys. Um, you know, you like wearing Harden shoe. Let's hope you don't have a big game coming up. Yeah, no kidding. He sucks. Yeah. Um, Brett Robbins says, the T-Mac 5 is my favorite shoe. Also, the Mellow 5.5. The Mellow, Mellow actually had a decent shoe. Anybody see that Zion's getting a new shoe? Yeah, fuck Zion. Um, <laughs> get, <laughs> like, I'm just... Tell I, me how you really feel. Play 82 straight games, and then we can talk about Zion. Play 82 straight games, Chubbs, and then we can talk about... Yeah. By the way, James just said, I love that fat drop. I giggle like a schoolgirl every time. Fat! <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. Okay. Uh, what does Caruso wear? I bet he wears the Adidas he's heat an Adi check. I bet he's an Adidas guy. Is he an Adidas guy I or isn't? Like... I want to say he's a Lining guy. Oh, is he Lining? Ah, Lining. Clay Thompson's Lining. When he matches... Okay, wait. Jeff Johnson says, I call my dad a pussy when he matches his shoes to his outfit. I'm thinking you guys do the same thing. Did you just no, call me a pussy? No, we don't, actually. Jeff? Well, actually, I do. Um, <laughs> I don't, but I wear black every day. I wear black every single day. Kobe's no, so, he's, he's so Alex Caruso as a Laker wore Kobe's and then he got, he did get the lining deal. Yeah. He's yes. a lining guy. Oh no, no, no. Anta, Anta, Anta. Oh, he's, he's he has an Anta. Okay. Deal. He's Anta. Anta. Yeah. He was, I knew he was a Kobe guy previously. I yeah. just, yeah. I, uh, lining In 2020, Anta. he signed with Anta. Yeah. There you go. James Knight says the Zion shoe has gravy coming out of it. it yeah, it, hey, <laughs> you know. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I do match my shoes to my outfits, though. Yeah. Yeah. No? Sometimes. I, th I think it depends. Like, I think a great pair of Jordans stands stands alone. Like, I think that. What is your, okay, what is your go-to shoe for closing deals at Yelp? Go-to shoe for closing deals at Yelp. Jordan 1 Bordeaux. Really? Yeah. That's my my go-to go shoe is an Air Max 90, almost of any kind, or a Van Slip-On, the Checker yeah. Van Slip-On. Yeah. Anytime I wear those ch those Checker Vans, I'll wear them it on- It gets real. I'll wear them on L-Dom. That's, that's Cool Kid Club for last day of the month. That's next Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. All right. Let's talk about subscribing to Apple. After um, you subscribe to the show, obviously. Yeah, duh. Know, duh. Find us on fucking YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I curse too much. We get it. Um, Crocs to close deals, Brett Crocs. Robbins says. <laughs> Why? So all your profit can leak out the holes? I do not own a pair of Crocs, and I never will. Never. Never. Can't I do won't. it. I won't. If you own Crocs, put your balls in a jar before you put them on. Because trust me, they don't fit right. Um, yeah, I wear Doc Martens. Yes, they were Doc Martens. Yeah, Doc Martens are sweet. Uh, Tanner says, Tanner's being a jerk. LOL says, the guy who acted like the world was ending when I won the Xbox. Hey, guys. People were pissed. <laughs> Tanner got so upset that we... we you Anyway. Anyway. No, I'm not doing it. Um, let's talk about subscribing to Apple on the show. Find us on the podcast. Just Google search The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y The Monty Show. Um, thank you for listening on the podcast. We've, uh, we averaged about, um, 12,000 listens a day on the show this week on the podcast. So thank you for that. Um, Apple is supposedly, oh, 
Allegedly. Supposedly, I say, because they have not confirmed it. Supposedly, Apple is going to release a subscription service that will allow you to pay a regular fee. Monthly. To get the newest, hottest shit from Apple. Yeah. And I'm like, take my money, man. Here's my question. Where do I sign up? Here's my question. It's my only question. To Apple, what's more valuable? So for sure, monthly payments. Oh, are more that revenue? For sure, without a doubt. Yes. But my question is going to be, right now, when you buy Apple product, mm-hmm. you typically run an installment plan. So like this MacBook I got, you know, you had, uh, you know, you have a year installment and if you pay it off before then it's interest free, X, Y, Z, pretty straightforward. Okay, great. Are they still going to offer that? Or like, are they really going to push people to do this, this monthly subscription? And how much is that going to be? Because I, I don't think that you can be over a hundred bucks for this a month. Right. But I also think it's not going to be a sub $50 thing. I think it's like, to me, just thinking about it, you know, thinking about like, all right, well, how much would people want to spend on this? You know, the willingness, the, 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 you know, how the ability for people to spend their money on this, you know? So like, what, what, what do you think is a reasonable number? Cause I'm not paying more than a hundred bucks a month for, for a subscription to Apple. I'm just not. I'm just going to tell you this right now. Take my money. I would happily pay $100 a month because it doesn't matter. You're paying that money. It's $1,200. That's what you're paying for an iPhone anyway. So if I get the iPhone, and it depends on the structure of the subscription. Yeah. If I pay 100 bucks a month, does that mean I get the new iPad when it comes out? Does that mean I get the new MacBook when it comes out? Does that mean I get the new iPhone when it comes out? Or does that mean I and just... which tier of those product? Oh, it's got to be top tier. Do I just get the iPhone? Can I upgrade for $10 more a month to get the newest iPad? Can I update? Which is something we're going to have to do. Can I upgrade to $25, $125 a month to make sure I get the new MacBook every every time it comes out? Take my money, man. Take my money. I get that new new iPhone and I leave some of my DNA on my shorts every time I open the box for the first time. It's an experience. (laughs) (laughs) Give me the new iPhone. Give me the subscription. I'm all about that. Wow. What? Wow. What? I just want to make sure I got this right. Maybe I, maybe I didn't hear you right. I thought okay. you said that you, you, what did you say? You, you, I you, leave some of my DNA on my shorts every time I open a new iPhone. Wow. Every single time. Wow. It Uncle is, Rio. it wow. is, dude, it's, I love it. I'm an iPhone guy and that's the thing. Like I, the question I ask is what is wrong with you? Android people like are, are, what is wrong with you? I mean, you're the. Are you the people that are in favor of invading Ukraine? Are you? And the one? as you can see, I'm going through some yeah, shit Yeah, like right if now. you're using an Android phone, I have real questions about your manhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, and again, I would just tell you if you're using an Android phone, lithium probably is a good thing for you. <laughs> like you have mental problems. There's something wrong with you. Get on the Apple device. Get on the internet. Yeah. And buy yourself an Apple device. Yeah, man. Oh, God. Here we go. Here it comes. Brett Robbins says, I've been on the Galaxy Forever plan for like six years. Listen, Brett. Why? Why? Well, I mean, Brett, do you have kids? Do you want them to dislike you? They are not going to look up to you as a man. I mean, you're, 
Me? No, I've gone too far. I don't have any other Apple products, so why the hell would I ever get an iPhone? That's exactly Who right. That? Who said that? Jeremy Bolton. Oh, wow. It, I mean, can you recall that shirt? Is it? Too, uh, I mean, I mean, you know, at this time, no, I can't. Jeremy, it'll it changes your life, I, honest to God. And I know that you've been scared to go snowboarding with us because you don't want to get embarrassed. Yeah. Look, I get it. We understand. I get it. We get it. Yeah. You know, uh, Daddy. Yeah. Um, Brett Robbins says, "I'm sorry. I just like the notes." <laughs> Uh, me and Caruso are Android users. Listen. 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 Caruso is an iPhone guy. Come on. Do you want to be Alex Caruso or do you want to be Devin okay, Booker? Okay, I'm going to Google. Because Devin Booker is, a, is an iPhone user, man. Does does oh, Alex Caruso oh God. Oh God. <laughs> use an iPhone? <laughs> I just want to see what comes up. All the pimps do. Uh, just uh, go to images. Just go to images, and I guarantee you the picture will come up of him with an iPhone. He's on. He's on the case. There is a. There is an Alex Caruso. There's an Chicago Alex Caruso Bulls case. iPhone case. Let me. Okay, I'm gonna Google Alex Caruso iPhone walking into stadium. Yes, that'll do it. Jeff Johnson says everything I have is Apple. Apple TV mirroring from phone to TV, MacBooks. Everything works so well together. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I'm telling you. That there's just nothing to talk about, man. It like the iPhone is where it's at. What is the number? What is the number? I don't know, man. I mean, I'm a hundred bucks depends. a month. I, it's value to the dollar. So I mean, if you're gonna say to me, hey, for two hundred bucks a month, every single month, and you have to commit to a year, let's say, let's just say there's a commitment period or, or whatever. If you pay two hundred bucks a month every single month for a year, you can get. The, the top-notch, top-of-the-line technology from us every time it comes out. Okay, I'm probably pretty open to that, you know? But if it's like, hey, it's 100 bucks a month, but then, you know, depending on the device you want, you got to pay an additional fee and X, Y, and Z, I don't know that I'll be as open to that. It really depends, to be quite honest with you. Mm -hmm. It really depends. Oh, come on, Tanner. Confirmed Alex Crusoe is an iPhone guy. That's my dude. I got it right here. That's my dude. Yep, got it right here. iPhone guy. Come on now. I already know the answer is yes for Devin Booker, by the way. Yeah. My Tanner Plumber. Look, man, God, you're so... Hey, guys. You're a nice guy. Like, I like you. Like, you listen to the show. Let me guess. He uses an iPhone. You've got... Or an Android. You know, like, you've got... I think he's got a T-shirt. He's won the Xbox. Like, Tanner's pretty much on the wall of fame if there was a wall of fame. And then he says stupid shit like my wife bought a galaxy yesterday. Fucking A. Like, like why? why? Dude. Like, why? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, dude, Why would you say that, Tanner? You know. They have a return policy, man. They have a return policy, Tanner. Doesn't make you feel responsible. Jeez. I mean, I, I thought you were one of us, Tanner. You know? Wow. Chris Karn says, uh, been been in mobility for 20 years. I used Apple for six months and decided everyone experiments with stupid crap once in their life. <laughs> Chris, that's not nice. Donnie, please. Watching the show from an iPhone 13 Pro Max. Let's go! Good morning, guys. Cam Harrison Let's says. go! <laughs> Jeremy Bolton says, my man, Chris yes. Karn. James Knight says, Tanner, Tanner, Tanner. 
<laughs> well, that's what I have with the Galaxy plan. It's $150 for unlimited everything, and that's the latest phone every year. Love that. See, that's yeah, what Brett. I mean, though. See, So you see what I mean. So what do you say, 170 a month? 150 150 a month. So that's so that's what I'm saying. So like 150 is palatable. It's acceptable. It's not too high, but, but I got to have access to the latest and greatest. Like, But the brilliance of it is is that guys like us, guys like Brett Robbins, yeah, keep those like Brett's $150 is critical to Samsung. It is it is a it is a subscription fee. It's like gyms, man. Yeah. Do you know how many people subscribe to Vasa Fitness but never go? Yeah. That that income, that consistent drip of income is what is what makes a difference. It's huge. Tanner says, "LOL what? It's her life. She has the right to make her own decisions." No, she doesn't. That's why she got married. Keep it real. Well, she does. But see that anyway. My um, by the way, my wife was my wife was a droid. My wife was like a no. Those those were dark times in and, this family. And, and now she has the iPhone Pro Max 13. She's got the, you know, she's got the Beats Pro in-ear thing happening now. You know, I mean, she's like, got the Apple Watch. She's got an Apple Watch now. Because like, it's all part of the plan. Tanner, some of us are men and then some of us are married. I mean, it, it, it just it just is how you live your life, man. Wow. wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. James says, I get a migraine as soon as I look at an Android screen. I know. Yeah, it's I rough, know. man. It's really rough, you know. Uh, you know. Uh, James also says, Tanner, tell your wife to give your pants back, man. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Chill out. Okay. Can we talk about your anonymous theory, please? Yes. Yes. So, so yeah, you know, ahead. anonymous hacked the central bank of Russia yesterday. Yeah. And they said within, I think, 48 hours, they're going to release all the private information they have. You believe that Anonymous does a very good job at doing what they do. Oh, they do an excellent job. Yeah. So you texted me last night and you're like, hey, it takes a lot of balls to hack the Central Bank of Russia. Yeah, I ain't trying to mess with Pootie. And what I what I said was Anonymous can do that because they're untraceable. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? You know? And furthermore, I started thinking about this and I was like, what are the odds like what what are the chances that anonymous is is actually like a US government thing that's just repackaged oh as anonymous? Here we go. What are the odds? Because if you think about it, and I know it's called anonymous for a reason, but this is the beauty of it. This is the brilliance of it. Anonymous disappears for however long. Don't hear from them. Don't em, think about them. Don't em. think about them. They're just kind of chilling, right? And then all of a sudden, what do we get? Oh, anonymous hack the central Russian bank out of nowhere in the middle of a Ukrainian crisis, in the middle of the precipice of World War Three. And that's why I say it's the very precipice interesting. of World War Three. Dude, it's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. So you're into it. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm into it. Okay. Hell yeah, I'm into it. At some, I'm, I've been saying you tell me I'm wrong. We're going to get involved. We are going to get directly involved in this conflict at some point. At some I point, it'll happen. With that. It will happen. I think we're directly involved already. Well, I don't think anonymous is the U.S. government. I don't. I think they're very good at what they do, um, and I think they usually now they're criminals. Just be honest about it, vigilantes, if you will. Yeah, they're the Dark Knight. But let's be honest; they're usually on the right side of it, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. You went after the Russian banks. Do you think there wouldn't be consequences for that? I mean, I, I am not the guy who goes around looking for Vladimir Putin. 
So the cojones that Anonymous has is amazing. This is fucking America. I mean, I I I think Anonymous is that's terrifying. Cyber hacking is terrifying. Yeah. And the Russians are elite at it. They're very good at it. Apparently Anonymous is a little better. Yeah. Cuz they were able to hack into the Russian central bank. You know, and not, not not your credit union down the street. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see It'll be interesting to see what Anonymous does with that information because I, my guess is that if they hack the Russian National Bank yeah, and they release that information, look out. Um, the Central Bank of Russia is the uh, Russian Federation's money system. Um, they did not immediately reply. Um you know, the International Collective of Hackers declared cyber war on Russia's President Vladimir Putin in a video shortly after Russia invaded Ukraine a month ago. So far, the group Anonymous says it has made good on its threats. In an interview with the BBC earlier this week, hackers linked to Anonymous said they hacked Russian state TV channels and briefly interrupted programming to show a video of Ukraine buildings being bombed. Rostelcom, the Russian company that runs the alleged hacked TV channel, did not respond to comment. Mm. The Russian government has tight controls over the media in the country. While Western countries have escalated sanctions to cut off Russia's international trade, Anonymous has taken a less conventional action against the country. No, you don't say. Uh, the group has threatened to any company that has not ceased operation in Russia following the invasion tweeting at them, your time is running out. We do not forgive, we do not forget. Earlier this month, members of Anonymous uh, offered Russian troops $52,000 in Bitcoin if they abandoned their tanks on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. By the way, did you hear that the Ukrainians have stolen so many tanks from the Russians that they now outnumber Russian tanks? <laughs> the Ukrainian military has stolen so many tanks from Russians that they now have more tanks than the Russian military. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, I mean, but do you condone what anonymous does? Yeah. I think as long you as you're do. on the right side. Yeah. As long as you're on the right side. Sure. I mean, I, I, it's a, it's a classic double standard, which is to say, you know, <clears throat> as long as they continue down the path of being, yeah, a vigilante, basically you're committing crimes, no doubt about it. But at the same time, you're doing it in a way where, you know, most of the world is on your side. You know, you're we're, you're talking about messing with the Russians. You're talking about damaging their ability to do what they think is right. And I agree with the tactics. So, you know, yeah, for now, yeah, I do condone it. I do agree with it. But, oh wow, you know, like, I think that there's a line. So, like, you know, what do you do? So the reason they call themselves anonymous is because when somebody <clears throat> goes to a site and leaves uh, without comment they are called anonymous and that's why they leave without a trace mm -hmm. they go in they steal your shit and then they leave and then they, that's what i'm saying they're untraceable what like what are you gonna do yeah um i mean they some of their hacks are legendary i mean it is anonymous protesters gathered around the world for the million mask march yeah um like this is amazing. It's real, man. I'm telling you, it is It is real. Yeah, I, I don't... This is crazy. Uh, I think I, I think Anonymous is very real, and I think this hack is pretty amazing. 
I mean, I I am stunned that what's going on in the world, like this Clarence Thomas story, you know, mm -hmm. the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, who's in the hospital right now, his wife was clearly identifiable at the January 6th rally. And she said that she had no, she took no part in it, had no part in planning it or anything afterwards. She simply attended the rally. Then when it jumped off, she left because it got crazy. Well, that was until yesterday when, uh, yeah, it came out that she was text messaging with Mark Meadows, who at the time was President Trump's chief of staff, encouraging him to overthrow the election and to overturn the election and stay in power. And that she was, she never said it directly, but she hinted that, she, that Clarence Thomas would support him if it came to the Supreme Court. Like, this is craziness yeah, now. corruption, dude, at its finest. Absolute craziness. Yep. Like, it, it just, it's amazing to me. Um, it is amazing to me how many people just don't believe that this is, how many people just don't believe that this stuff goes on behind the scenes. And yep. you look at the people who were involved in the January 6th riot. People are going to jail for that. Like, I mean, the people who have not pled out are being found guilty. Yeah. And you look at what we now know was going on behind the scenes where there was document shredding, there was toilet flushing of documents. Like, mm -hmm. it's crazy to think that a Supreme Court justice, a United States Supreme Court justice, was involved in trying to overturn a legitimate election result in the United States of America. Yep. I, I mean, like, that is shocking this is fucking to me. America. It's shocking to me. It is stunning. It is all of the adjectives that you want to use. It's stunning to me. Yeah. I, I. That's where we've gone in this country, that we have a hacker group like Anonymous that is now fighting the Russians. Yeah. That we have mercenaries. The number of mercenaries fighting the Russians in Ukraine is now almost even to the number of Ukraine soldiers. They have almost as many mercenaries fighting the Russians as we do Ukrainian soldiers. Yeah. And they're winning. Yep. It's amazing that that's what... I, I don't even know how you explain it. Following the stories that are going on in the war in Ukraine, following the stories out of January 6th on both sides, like the, the, the Democrats and the way that like, it's, it's amazing to me. Mm -hmm. It is at watching the, the way that like Ted Cruz and all of these like Republicans went after this judge, the Supreme court judge nominee. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing to me that this is what our country has become. Yeah, man. Yeah, it is. It's really hard to fathom. Yeah, that's where we are. It, it's really hard. It's really hard to to fathom. I just don't even know. Um, you know what? Like, I, I'm amazed by it. And, of course, we get eBay. Here we go. You know, like, talking about how Donald Trump is suing Hillary Clinton. Like, Neat. Stop. Who cares? The guy's a, a felon. Stop. Like, stop. There, the, the Daily Show released a video yesterday of... A, a group of Trump supporters who believe that he is currently the president. They held a rally and he, they believe he is still currently the president.
And so they asked him, well, who do you blame for the gas prices? Well, Joe Biden. Well, but Joe Biden's not the president. Donald Trump is the president, right? And he's like, well, yeah, but that doesn't matter. Donald Trump would never allow us to have gas prices like this. What are you talking about? Anyways. Like, it's, it's weird to it, me that that's the alter yeah. reality that people live in. But that's, but that's, see, but that's what it is. I mean, that's what Donald Trump has been his entire life. He's been a movie star his whole life. That's what his presidency was. Yeah. That's what his followers think he is. Like, he's, like, it just is, yeah. It's. Yeah. I, I have I have trouble even talking about it because I feel like that's just giving more life to it than it needs. Okay, so before we get out of here today. Yeah. Yeah. Why won't you snowboard in warm weather? I it's not that I won't snowboard in warm weather. You need to understand that tomorrow the snow is going to be shitty. Like, are we on the same page about that? I'm not on the same page. Like, you understand that it's going to be 65 on the hill tomorrow. I don't think it'll be 65 on the hill. I think it'll be 65 at the base of the hill. I think it'll be in the high 50s, which is not much better, by the way. <laughs> like, it's this, it's the same thing. I mean, it's 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 right in that same. But who same cares? Range. Let's go first thing in the morning and get five runs in. Yeah, I'll go. I will go. I'll figure it out. Like, I, what do you, like, when you okay? I, I, you keep I, saying I, that shit. Like, when, what do you have to figure like, out? I have to figure out. I'm hanging out with a girlfriend tonight. I got it. Like, she's got plans. Like, we we have like there. So, what was your plan for tomorrow? The plan the plan was that she was going to come over to my place and hang out, and then I didn't realize we were still going snowboarding tomorrow. So I was going to say like. Yeah, but like he wants me to go. He's been guilt tripping me about it all morning. So I'll figure so it out. So don't go. Like, I, I'm not. I, I'm not seriously saying you have to go. I don't understand the desire not to go. Because I think you you will you will understand the desire once you're on Slushville tomorrow on the hill. You'll understand. You will get it, and it's fine. I'm not saying that you're not going to have fun, and I'm not saying that I won't go. It's just you have to understand. It's not like there. It's not just me waking up and being like, "Yep, I'll go." Like there are, there's another person here that you have to, that I have to just be on the same page with. That's yeah. all. You know, it's not as easy anymore. Yeah. Women complicate your life. They're not here to help. They're only here to spend your money and you know, right. cook your right. meals. That's it. Right. Right. I'm kidding. That's a right. joke. Right. Um, so don't go, don't go. You know, I mean, honest to God, like I'm not, a, you get so upset about shit. Like you get so like, it's, it's weird to me that you get so upset and so bothered by things. I don't understand that. Like you're so upset about this snowboarding thing. You know, like I, I, I don't get that, you know, mm -hmm. what Mrs. Monty is talking background. I should have taken her mic over there, but it's fine. Yeah, it's um, fine. No, I mean, I just think that it's, it's, you know, I, 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 I like, like you, I, I, the reason it's, 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 I guess I get upset or like annoyed or whatever is because it's not a black and white answer. Like I need, I just have to go and have a conversation. Like, you know, we didn't talk about snowboarding this weekend until this morning. Like we didn't, you know, I, I was assuming we were going to the gym tomorrow. So, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, like, like what you do is you say, oh, you don't want to go tomorrow. And that's not what it is. Like. I didn't, we didn't talk about going this weekend. We didn't. That's the truth of it. So I just need to go and have a conversation. It's not yeah. some like, it's fine, man. You got a girlfriend now. You're a big deal. We get it. You have, you have a life. I'm trying. Go live it, man. It used to be six months ago. You asked me when I was going to have a girlfriend. Now it's now it's, well, why won't you go snowboarding? So I'm just got to have a conversation. That's all. Yeah. Now I'm not going to go with you tomorrow. Okay. So it, it's cool. 
Why? Do your see, thing, that's, man. See, that's what I don't get. What, what don't you, you, get? you intentionally make it difficult. I am not intentionally yes, making are. this difficult. Yes, you are. Now you're saying you're oh, the one well, that's you're the one that's all. Not, I don't know why we're arguing about going snowboarding. I don't first know of all. either. I don't know. So it's, you know. have nothing to do with that. It's all me. No, I don't have anything to do with it. All oh I'm saying God. is, all I'm saying is, hey, I gotta have a conversation. And now you're like, oh, well, I won't go with you anyway tomorrow if you go. I was like, yeah. well, what do you mean? Okay. Giggity wants, mean? Giggity wants to know if his, Jake has not dropped the L word to his girlfriend. No, yet. not yet. No, I haven't. Not yet. So there you go. Cut the cord, Monty. LOL. Yeah, totally. Totally. I agree. Eric C wants to know when the baby shower is, Jake. Not happening. <laughs> not happening. Not happening, bro. It's not happening. Not happening. No. Okay. It's not. That's cool. All right, that's it. Show's over. Uh, we will talk to you Monday. Will the Jazz be 2-0 and this weekend? Maybe. Maybe not. 1-1. One and one. Probably not. I think they win in Charlotte tonight and they lose in Dallas. Yeah. And I think Dallas is going to lose at Minnesota tonight, so they'll be even coming into the show Monday morning. I don't know. I hope I'm right. We'll see what happens. Uh, until Monday... No, I'm not doing it. Until Monday, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. Okay, how do I...